Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome, everyone, to the MMQB Gambling Podcast, Week 5 in the NFL. We're hanging on by a, by a thread, it seems like, though, with the uh, Titans situation and a couple of other things. So uh, we're just glad to get some games in. I am one of your hosts, Jimmy Trena, joined, as always, by my colleagues, Mitch Goldich and Gary Gramling. We will uh, preview Week 5 here, but let's recap our best bets for Week 4. I went 3-2, and two, and uh, really... I shouldn't even take credit for being over 500 because I had the over in the Colts-Bears game, which set offensive football back about yeah. 50 years. Every game this year has 5,000 points, and they couldn't move the ball to get five yards in that game. Gary, how did you do last week? Uh, I went 2-2, two and, two, and and we did do this in the correct order because mm. now we get to save Mitch for the big finale here. Mitch, what Ooh. was your record? 
Well, listen, I went five and one, and then, there of course, know. the SI... Well, I'm not happy, because the SI Gambling has us do our one best bet of the week, and, of course, I gave them my <laughs> one loss, and I won five other which, games. Which was Arizona, right? Because we all had Arizona. <laughs> yeah, Arizona has now banged me two weeks in a row. But I will say, it was very <laughs> exciting, the ending, because I had the Bills Raiders... Well, I had the Bills minus three, and then I also had the over 52 and a half in that game. So the Raiders were down by two touchdowns, and they were at 46. And you guys know the debate, which has been raging for two years now, about if you're down 14 and you score a touchdown, do you go for two or not? And I'm watching this touchdown drive, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, they're going to score a touchdown. (laughs) They're going to go for two and miss it, and they're going to finish at 52, and I'll be under. And then I think, if I'm remembering right, Derek Carr actually got kind of hit on the play, and then I saw them hustling in the extra point team, and I was like, yes, kick the extra point. Final score, they hit 53 on the button. Take my over, 5-1 and one for the week. It was a fun way to end things. Well, 5-1 and one is 5-1. and one. I mean, <laughs> you shouldn't quibble with, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's, an impressive, uh, that's an impressive mark right there. Well, thank you. We're doing pretty well as a, uh, as a group here. On the season, we've updated them all. We are 32-22-1. So just a, a clip under 60% as a group. That's pretty good. And I think I have like six best bets this week, so we'll try to keep it rolling. Uh, We're going to go through all the games here. We're not going to talk about Tennessee-Buffalo because we don't know what the status is there. And we're not going to talk about New England-Denver because we don't know what the status is there and if they're going to be played, delayed. Um, If you are better, you're insane to go near those games. That's all I would say about that. But we'll go through the rest of the board uh, right now, beginning with the Arizona Cardinals, who we all had last week and lost with. This is how bad the Jets are. Arizona's going into New York, and the Cardinals are seven-point favorites. The total here is 47. Mitch? Yeah, so as I said, uh, the Cardinals let me down, not just last week, but the week before as well. Um, The Jets are so bad, though. This, to me, I mean, this is a stay away. Always very exciting uh, when you toss to me for the very first game, and my first thing I want to say is I'm not touching this one. Um, but yeah, I'm a little, I'm concerned about the Cardinals. Um, just, uh, you know, I mean, we all raved about DeAndre Hopkins and the move before the season and how he looked early and he's been great, but I was just looking at their numbers. It is a little concerning. You would have thought they have a good deep receiver group, but nobody else is doing anything. Andy Isabella is second on that team in receiving yards, averaging 29 a game. And almost half of it came on literally one play that went for 54 yards. So, you know, they have to find the way, find a way you think about that team and Cliff Kingsbury. And it's exciting to think about them going four wide on a bunch of plays and spreading the ball around. But they really have to, you know, I think, figure out who they are. And actually, if that's their plan, put it into practice a little better. And even the running backs, Drake and Edmonds, they are not contributing very much in the passing game right now. They're both averaging under four yards a carry. So, uh, but all that said, can't pick the Jets. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I still think the Cardinals are much better, but it, it's a it's a stay away from me just because the Jets are so bad that, um, you know, looking at that seven points. And, of course, you can picture the Cardinals and the team we saw the first two weeks and imagine them winning by 10, 14, 21 more against this bad Jets team. So I'm staying away from this game. Gary? Uh, yeah, it, it is. Mitch, you're right. It, it, that Cardinals offense is kind of an offense to the air raid moniker at this point. Uh, it is. They do spread it out with four wide, and then they throw it uh, behind the line of scrimmage and pick up two and a half yards, and that's the offense right now. Uh, that said, I am uh, going with the Cardinals this week. I'm going to end up best betting them as well. Uh 
one because of the Jets, obviously. You know, the Jets are just not going to be competitive. Joe Flacco is not coming to the rescue this week. Uh, I don't mind the Jets' defense. I just don't think you can... Uh, play defensive football to that level uh, where, where you can actually hang around in this game. And, and I do think this ends up being probably an ugly, like, you know, whatever, 24 to 10 type win for the Cardinals. Uh, there is one trend I found. It's a little bit convoluted, so I'll just sort of sum it up as a, uh, if you're looking at yards per play, a uh, team with really good offense with really good yards per play against a defense with really bad yards per play. And when that offense is coming off a bad loss, uh, 27 and six over the last five seasons. And, uh, I, I do think this is a perfect spot for the Cardinals to bounce back here. I can't go back to Arizona. Um, with them being banged up back to back games on the East coast. I have a funny feeling that Flacco may keep the jets in it more than Darnold would have at this point. It, it almost like going, sitting out a week is almost a blessing in disguise for Darnold since that team is just so bad. But that I, I I don't really uh, that's a stay away game for me. The next game, the Rams go into Washington. The Rams are seven and a half point favorites. The total here is forty five. Gary. Yeah, Kyle Allen back in the saddle here. I I really don't. I think that's a lateral move at best. I I guess maybe you're a little bit less mistake prone with Kyle Allen than you were with Dwayne Haskins. But uh, I thought Haskins was was fine last week in Baltimore. I thought he was a disaster in the Cleveland loss. I thought he was fine against Baltimore and made some mistakes. That's uh, that's just what you're going to get with a young quarterback. But uh, I'd lean Rams here. I wouldn't lean that heavily. That's kind of a, a big number for a West Coast team coming across the country, uh, especially I mean, we saw the Rams play an ugly one last week against the Giants. Now you you go to that field in, uh, in Landover that's kind of a, a you know a, a crappy turf and sort of a slow turf anyway and uh i you know it's probably ugly it's probably low scoring uh and low scoring is where about a 45 total belongs this year so uh washington lean probably no lean on the total though mitch i like the rams here um Washington stinks. <laughs> it's it's uh, we got excited about him after week one. That I mean, the defensive line is very good, um, especially with Chase Young on the field. Uh, but we got pretty excited about them week one, watching them beat up the Eagles' offensive line, playing basically all backups. And since then, they've lost three games in a row by 14 or 15 points. The quarterback switch is interesting. I think it's a bad decision for the long-term future of a team that you would think wants to spend this year seeing what they have in a recent first-round pick at quarterback. But um, it is interesting, you know, what that says about how Ron Rivera perceives the rest of his roster. Like, I guess he must think that they're not that far away, and let's see if we can win this division and see what we've got here. But I don't know. I just, I, I really, uh, you know, again, I feel like I say this every week, trying to manage comparing what we thought about teams coming into the season versus what we've actually seen in the first month. And nobody liked Washington coming into the season. And they did have a win in week one. But the last three weeks, I think they've shown us what they are. Um, small underrated thing. Sean McVay here. Because, uh, you know, sometimes when you when you look at lines that are over a touchdown, is he going to want to win big? Uh, you know, I, I don't know about the... Uh, beef between all the former uh, Washington coaches and assistant coaches who've moved on elsewhere. But, you know, if they have a chance to turn a 10-point game into 17, is he going to want to stick it and say hi to Daniel Snyder a little bit? Maybe. I could see that. I think uh, I think they're going to want to score some points. I like the Rams here. I like the over in this game a lot. I actually like the quarterback change. I think – I don't think Haskins is any good. I Kyle Allen had a little experience with Ron Rivera in Carolina. 
I don't see the uh, Redskins, oh, the Washington football team, <laughs> slowing down the Rams without Chase Young. And um, I think, you know, you get a low total. Every total, you know, is in the 50s, it seems like. This one's only 45. Rams offense comes in um, playing well. So I like the over in this one a lot, I must say. Um, next game. The Steelers giving seven and a half points to the first place NFC Eagles, NFC East Eagles, after all the kind, after all the bashing they've taken. Total here is forty four and a half. Mitch, yeah, and uh, of course you toss this one to me first. Um, I got to tell you, I I hate a lot of the games on the board this whole week. I was looking at it. There are not as many games as we've had in recent weeks that I'm excited to watch or lines that I'm really excited to pick. Just a bunch of these games where it's like six and seven point lines. And, you know, I don't know. This game, I would think, I thought the under would be what I'd want. Um, We're looking at a league now where maybe three teams are good (laughs) at defense and the Steelers are one of them. And the Eagles have obviously had problems on offense. Um, I mean, they've had a lot of problems, but their offense has been much more of a problem than their defense, which I think is fine. So you could see a low scoring game here. But uh, 44 and a half is pretty low and... You know, I think that's a little too low for me to take the under. Um, this is also a weird one to get a feel for. Just remember the Steelers, they were off last week, but it wasn't like a full bye week because they found out in the middle that the game was going to be called. And a lot of times you'd think that would be good for a team. Big Ben actually came out and said it was annoying, like they were finally getting into a rhythm and then they lose that rhythm and he wishes they were able to play last week, which I guess that makes sense. I mean, football players always say they wish they got to play, uh, even though they do like the bye when they get an actual bye week. Um, So I don't know. All that to say, uh, another stay away game from me. you know, I think the my bias toward the Eagles comes up every single week, and I did pick the Steelers to win. Um, I think I, uh, you know, I just think the line's a little bit uh, too high to pick the Steelers to cover, but I, I don't want to pick the Eagles right now uh, to cover either. So, I, you know, I, I thought about the under, couldn't talk myself into it, and it's a stay away. Gary? Yeah, I lean Pittsburgh here. It's funny. I, I think Pittsburgh's a little overrated at this point. I think the Eagles are probably a little underrated, uh, considering they did get some stuff right last week. Uh, the thing you got to keep in mind, though, I mean, they got three ugly turnovers from Nick Mullins to win that game in San Francisco. They might have lost that game by a touchdown otherwise, uh, even with Wentz playing better and them sort of figuring out uh, some semblance uh, of offensive football. And uh, the Steelers are – the 49ers defense is not what it was because of all the injuries. The Steelers defense is very much what it is. They And they're, they're complex. They're multiple. They are tough for young players to play against. Uh, so it's, uh, you know, Wentz might make some plays with his legs and keep him around and that sort of thing, and maybe this ends up being a really ugly game. But uh, I, I think this is another one. Uh, you know, total is in the mid-40s, which is where it should be. I, I think the Steelers might win this by double digits, even if the uh, uh, Eagles hang around for a while. This is another over I like. And, again, low total, 44 and a half. Um, I just think – the Eagles' defense is terrible. I don't really think it's any good at all. Steelers at home should be able to move the ball. Roethlisberger is playing well. The Philly offense is just so weird. Like, you don't know how they're going to score, but somehow they put a couple of touchdowns on the board. I, I don't know. I just, with you getting a total of 44.5, I'm taking the overs this year in all these games, basically. Um, if you're getting you know low totals like that, so that's another over for me. Travis Fulgham time. 
What was that? Travis Fulgham time. Yeah. Listen, he caught a touchdown last week. There you go. Um, next game, the Panthers go into Atlanta to face the Falcons. Somehow, some way, Quinn is still the head coach, but the Falcons are favored by a point and a half. Total 54 and a half. There's one of those high totals. Gary? I do like Atlanta, and, and I, I almost best bet them in this one. Uh, again, you don't want to you want to be stubborn about your, your preseason uh, sort of assessment of teams, but uh, if you saw this line in uh, you know uh, on Labor Day, you'd, you'd wonder what was going on in the world. Oh, you probably <laughs> wondered what was going on in the world at that point anyway. But uh, I, I'll say this. I, I'm backing off just because Atlanta's obviously, they're, they're so uh, volatile anyway. Even when they play well, they figure out a way to screw things up. Uh, they are very injured on in the defensive backfield, and uh, you know we've seen the Panthers come up with a pretty good uh, couple pretty good game plans the last couple weeks uh they're also the the the, uh, the falcons since beginning of 2018 games that have a total of 50 or more four and 15 against the spread so uh it seems like even with matt ryan and sort of a, a an offense that can be high flying and we'll, we'll see what julio's deal is this week uh they figure out a way to disappoint in those games as well they just they figure out a way to lose i i, I don't know what else to say at this point? They really are not fundamentally a bad team. They are bad in the secondary when all these guys are out, but uh, they're not a bad team, and they just but they they have figured out a way to be bad. So I'm I'm going to stay away, but I, I'll lean Atlanta here if you are if you are courageous, Mitch. Yeah, I can keep it pretty brief because I agree with pretty much everything Carrie just said um, about Atlanta as a team, about what we would have thought of this line on Labor Day. Uh, everything else since Labor Day has gone perfectly according to plan uh, in the world, <laughs> obviously. Um, no, and and listen, I'll say uh, the Panthers are better than I thought they'd be, and I think that's probably true for a lot mm-hmm. of people. Um, and so I will recalibrate my expectations accordingly, but that doesn't mean that they're going to go eight and eight. You know, I still think they're going to lose some games and trip up in spots. And, you know, I think this could easily be one, uh, division game on a road against a team that really, really needs a win. Um, so I, I feel similar to Gary and I'm not going to best bet it, but I, I definitely lean Falcons here. Make this three in a row for me on the overs. I think this is a total up and down the field game. Teddy Bridgewater is playing very well, very quiet. doesn't get the credit he deserves. Um, but he's, he's done a great job for Carolina. And, you know, it's interesting. They get their two wins when Christian McCaffrey gets hurt. Uh, you know, with Christian McCaffrey, they were on two this year. The Falcons defense can't stop anyone. I've said it before. We could put together an SI team of people and we'd score on the Falcons. So I like the over 54 and a half in this game a lot. Next game the Texans with a new coach, Bill O'Brien, out, which is a shame if you like to bet against the Texans like I do because he's a terrible game coach. They're six-point favorites at home against the Jaguars. The total here is 54, Mitch. Well, I lost my train of thought. I'm trying to figure out what position I play in this SI football team that's going to go to Atlanta and beat the Falcons. But maybe I we'll, thought you were giving me a chance uh, to plug train of thought. Yeah. yeah, that was both unintentional, but we know you're the, the master of plugs. Um yeah, it's interesting. I'm, I'm Gary is smirking over there. I wonder if he's got stats on teams' records against the spread in their first game after they fire a head coach. Uh, that seems like something he would have. I don't have that in front of me. Um, now I see his eyes scanning a page Sorry. here on Zoom. I got, I got, oh. I got nothing, Mitch. Mm. Well, you've let me down yet again, Gary. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I actually, <laughs> two teams uh, that I, I just feel like I'm now wrong about every week. 
I actually think the Jaguars are a little bit better than a lot of people think. They have been pretty frisky and competitive in three of their four games. And as is often the case, it just so happens the one game they looked the worst in was in primetime against the Dolphins. And so I think a lot of times people just overrate uh, or overinflate the importance of the one game they've seen start to finish. Um, the Yeah, the Bill O'Brien stuff is interesting because all the criticisms about him as a general manager are fair, but I think people have sort of defended his record as a coach over the years and you look at their record and their number of times in the playoffs and you got to say, well, he, you know, he was doing some things right, but then the story comes out about him, you know, having a heated argument with JJ Watt at practice. So you wonder if the team is going to be motivated to come out and, and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, prove that it was his fault and, and like an us against the world kind of thing. I don't know. I do think Houston will win, but six points feels like a lot. And I mean, Gardner Minshew backdoor cover is just always possible. And, um, you know, Houston, I'm just I'm ready to admit they're not as good. Uh, very bold of me to say after four games, uh, four losses and the head coach fired that I admit they're not as good as I thought they would be. Uh, but they're not. And so uh, I, I like the Jaguars to cover. Gary, what do you got on the uh, Texans here without Bill O'Brien? I, I do like the Texans in this one. Uh, I'll, I'll start with the fact that obviously there's there's not going to be a ton of turnover with the defensive side of the ball. They did shut down Minshew last year. They held him to, held him to three points in their one meeting. Uh, I do agree, though. Minshew is, is obviously always a little bit dangerous when it comes to uh, any spread over three points. You don't know when he's going to pull that backdoor cover. The Jaguars are just – they're atrocious. They're really bad. Uh, Roy Cornell went 2-1 and one as an interim head coach for the Chiefs back in uh, – uh, 2011, uh, and his one loss was in overtime. So there's something of a track record there. The O'Brien stuff, all, all I'll say about it is, yes, uh, terrible GM. Everyone knows that. Uh, I think he's fine as a head coach. Uh, he is one of those guys who, when times are good, you you take crap from him. He gives people crap all the time. That's just who he is. Uh, and when times are good and you're winning, it's, uh, hey, it's working. And when you're 0-3 and 0-4, you know, it's... <laughs> it's, it's Stop it! Like you don't want to hear it. It's it's not working. Uh, you know, people wanted Belichick fired. I'm saying I'm not saying Bill O'Brien is Belichick, but people wanted Belichick fired when he was five and thirteen uh, over his first eighteen games in New England because that style doesn't work when you're when you're also losing. Uh, so I think there's some you know I, I I feel like there's probably that bump of okay uh, the guy we all sort of rallied against is out and now we're gonna play for Romeo Cornell who seems to be well liked everywhere he goes and and they're gonna. Uh, have a good performance here but uh the whole situation is too volatile to uh to best bet here but i do like houston uh winning pretty big in this one i don't have a feel for this game i i'm very tempted to lean i lean houston and i was tempted to best bet them um the jaguars keep burning me though uh betting for them and against them but i do think you know when you hear these reports about the players were not happy with Bill O'Brien fighting with players. It it does make me think they're going to come out and just kick ass. So I have a lean, strong lean on the Texans. And maybe in the next few minutes, I'll decide to best bet them. We'll see. You never know. I get crazy like that. If we have a lot, you like to have a yeah. lot and try to keep up. So, If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And guess what? So are we. Just in case you forgot, I'm Tori Deal. I'm a six-time finalist and a Challenge champion. And I'm Anissa Ferrer, and I've been gracing your screens for the last two decades. I am a veteran challenger and Challenge All-Star. And speaking of All-Stars, All-Stars 4 is finally here. I'm going to be honest. I literally thought this day was never going to come. Well, the challenge gods have answered our prayers and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, redemption seekers, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. Anyone can win, relationships matter, and only one all-star will claim the title of challenge champion. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The next game, the Chiefs at home, rolling. Welcome in the Raiders. 
Chiefs are 12-point favorites. Total here, 56, Gary. Uh, I never like spreads this big with division rivals unless there's like, you know, some some absurdly bad team. So, uh, as always, you lean Kansas City here. I mean, they, they completely own that division. Uh, the other thing is, you know, if you're going to beat the Chiefs, you got to get a four-man pass rush or you have to be really good on the back end. And uh, this Raiders defense is neither of those things. So it's easy to see the Chiefs rolling up a big number, and I'd lean them here. I just I don't like going double digits with uh, division opponents unless one is just super, super bad. Mitch? Yeah, um, I just, I mean, we, we talk about this every week. Just pick the Chiefs every week and just keep doing it, um, even against good teams. Uh, I think I best bet them even when they play Baltimore on Monday night. I think, um, I think they're three and one covering so far. I yeah, think they didn't cover week one, and they've covered every week since. Uh-huh. It was oh the um, overtime game against the Chargers. Uh, they didn't cover so, Monday. All right, they covered um, week one, didn't cover week yeah. two. That's what it was. Um, Monday Monday night was dicey. You got to say that Monday yeah. night was uh, was not a good performance. Yeah, I they mean, covered. I, they did. They they they, they definitely looked mortal. And part of that, I mean, they had uh, you know pick six that certainly helps. Uh, at the end there to pad the score. But, I mean, the Raiders just, uh, they're not stopping people, and they're definitely not going to stop the Chiefs. And I also, I just think they're the kind of team that can rebound nicely. Um, You know, if they have a game where the offense doesn't look sharp, which was definitely the case against New England, you'd think that they're going to come out firing on all cylinders next week. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to leave this one alone and not best bet it, just because the number is a little high. Um... And, you know, I don't have too much to say. Like, I don't want to sit here and make the case for the Raiders <laughs> against the Chiefs because um, I don't feel that way. But, um, but you know, the number does scare me off a little bit. There is a there's another bigger number coming up that I am going to take. But this one I'm going to lay off. Oh, that must be the next game. But I'll, I'll say this about the current game. This is basically my life philosophy. If the Chiefs are playing and there's a betting line, you bet the Chiefs. <laughs> That's it. All right. Speaking of big lines, here we go. Baltimore, 12 and a half point favorites against the incoming Bengals and Joe Burrow. Total is 51, Mitch. Oh, well, actually, uh, guess what? The old bait and switch. I misspoke <laughs> when I said I was taking it. I actually, I like the Bengals here. Um, I think I saw this earlier at 13, and it's now down to 12 and a half. Um, but I, I do. I, I, you know, I don't know. Cincinnati has definitely been better than I thought they would be. Um, I was worried about Burrow early on in week one, just, you know, being a rookie and what the offseason was like and not having a single snap in the preseason. But they've been impressive. And, you know, everyone loved uh, Zach Taylor last year when he was hired, and he just didn't really have uh, a lot of tools to work with. And so we didn't see much from him in year one. And that's why you got to give a coach a chance and not fire them after one bad season. Um, and, you know, I just think they look like a competent team, uh, which is certainly an upgrade of what we saw last year. I think Burrow's been impressive. They finally got Joe Mixon involved last week, uh, which is important because what they did the first few weeks with Burrow throwing it literally 60 times uh, is not going to be sustainable for the whole season. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm just, even just, you know, just looking back, thinking about Cincinnati and their schedule, they've hung in close with teams. Um, you know, the... They took the Chargers down to the very end, should have won. They had that tie with the Eagles. They beat the Jaguars. It just feels like they're a competitive team. Baltimore, meanwhile, the biggest story of the game, Lamar Jackson has now, he missed Wednesday in practice, and I saw the alert. I don't know if he missed Thursday or if he was just like a limited participant, and I don't know how important that is. Um, You know, I assume that he's fine and he's going to play, but, you know, it definitely hurts their chances of blowing him out if Lamar's not 100%. 
um, yeah, you know, I've just I've been impressed and I'm I'm ready to buy in. Uh, I'm not taking Bengals money line here, but uh, I think it's a huge spread and uh, and I like them this week. Gary, yeah, I lean Bengals mostly because of the uh, the the Lamar concern with the knee. Obviously, if if uh, he's going to be slowed at all. That's that's going to be an issue. They they played such a weird game. I was just looking over this box score from their their meeting in Baltimore last year. It was a twenty three seventeen game. So obviously the Bengals uh, covered in that game. But um, the Ravens had five hundred yards of offense and possessed the ball for forty minutes. And I'm I'm trying to figure out how they only put up twenty three points because they only had one turnover. Uh, just a just a really weird game. A couple yeah. of, a couple of like ninety yard drives, I guess, is is what ended up being. But uh, they made the Ravens work for it. I guess their first meeting, and you know, second meeting, Lamar broke off a couple of big plays. If he is going to be slowed, maybe that doesn't happen. So I'd lean Bengals, but uh, I'd stay away from this one. Yeah, this is a stay away from me. I'd love to be able to pick Joe Burrow here, but the Ravens are so dangerous, and I don't like the Bengals defense at all. There, there's controversy going on. It came out today. They're only going to play Dunlap on third downs. He, like, ripped the team for, you know, pulling him. So, it's a stay away from me. I can't trust that Bengals defense in this game. Next game, uh, the Niners giving nine points to the incoming Dolphins. You'd think it was time for Tua, but maybe going into San Francisco, not the best week for it. So, maybe this will be the last week we see Ryan Fitzpatrick with the Niners giving nine to the Dolphins. The total is 49.5, Gary. Uh, I like Miami in this one. They they've been hanging around in games. Uh, they were right there with the Seahawks last week. They just they they kept on settling for field goals was the problem, uh, and then they gave up uh, you know a, a drive late, and that ended up being the reason they didn't cover in that game. But uh, this 49ers team, yeah, if Garoppolo is back, obviously they're they're better. There's no there's no question about that. The defense is just not what it was. It's not what it was with Nick Bosa out. It's not what it was without Bosa and DeForest Buckner. So uh, it becomes, I think, at best a B-plus defense. They're banged up in the secondary as well. I think Miami can easily keep this one within a possession for an entire game and maybe even uh, sneak away with a win out in Santa Clara this week. So um, I like Miami. I, I just I don't think they should be getting more than a touchdown in this game. I, I don't think the 49ers should be really giving anyone outside of uh, maybe the New York teams a touchdown at this point. <laughs> Mitch. Yeah, this one's a hard one for me. And, you know, Gary, you touched on the injury situation. Just, I mean, so much of it comes down to who's playing for San Francisco. Um, you talked about their defense uh, and their offense is, is just as banged up. You know, I, and like you said, I don't, is, is Jimmy G is not going to be back in time, right? Is he not playing or I don't I didn't think so. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, no, but he's 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 is, practicing this week. So is he? he? Uh, I, I would I mean we'll you know we'll find out I'm sure yeah, it'll be listed as questionable but it I would I would expect him to play this week. Okay, I didn't realize that. that's part of the trouble of uh, taping this on Thursday. But even then, I mean, I know Mostert is questionable and they're hoping he plays. Um, Debo uh, played last week, but I saw limited practice. Who knows? I mean, Kittle's back. It's just like 49ers. It's just it's very hard for me to bet on this team or even against them, just not knowing who's going to be in the lineup. Um, I'm happy to just stay away here. So, uh, yeah, this is a huge stay away yeah. from me. The high line, bad team in the Dolphins, and then you had the um, the Niners coming off that loss at home last week to the Eagles. So, I, I, this is a not not a play for me at all. I, sh- uh, I should game. know who the starting quarterbacks are, though. That's a bad look for me as, uh, <laughs> well, as an editor at the think... MMQB <laughs> whose job it is to follow the news cycle. Feels like I should know at least know who the starting quarterbacks are. Yeah, but I don't think they know yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, so. Uh, we know who the quarterbacks are in Dallas. 
it's Dak Prescott playing out of his mind, and the team can't win a game. They are giving nine and a half points to the New York football giants, which Gary just insulted. The total is 54, and again, the Cowboys minus nine and a half. Mitch. All right, I want to be careful with my phrasing here. I don't want to say that I like the Giants, but I do think the Giants can <laughs> cover here. Um, I just, you know, nine and a half. <laughs> Dallas, you know, Dallas can't stop anybody. They're blowing games left and right, and I just don't want to bet on them to win a game by double digits here uh, when we're just wondering if they can hang on against anybody. The Giants, you know, and Gary said it earlier, that they haven't been particularly inspired, but they've still hung in with teams. They had the one blowout game against the 49ers, but beyond that, they've been close or close-ish with the Steelers, the Bears, the Rams, uh, and at least the scores were close, hung around. I just think, you know, Dallas's defense is such a mess, and you'd think if the Giants' offense can get right against anybody, it ought to be Dallas. Um, you know, we've talked to death their season and how they are very close to being 0-4, if not for the onside kick. So I'm just not going to pick the Cowboys right now to win a game by double digits. I don't care who they're playing against. So, uh, you know, I definitely am going with the Giants here. Gary? Uh, I like the under in this one. I think both these teams have – I mean, look, it, I, I don't think they have. They have had a ton of turnover. I mean, it, it's been uh, – you know, they are – uh, Dallas is number one in the league in, in giveaways, and, and the Giants are uh, tied for third here. By the way, all NFC East teams, those are four of the top five in, in giveaways this year. Uh, Dallas has been fumbling the ball a lot, which there's no real reason for it. it, it it's a bit of a fluke stat. I mean, it's a mistake when you fumble the ball, but it's not like, uh, you know, it's, it's not something you can point at and say, like, well, they're fumble prone. They're not. They just fumbled a bunch the last couple games. Uh, so <laughs> that probably dries up. The Giants, I mean, look. The Giants just aren't challenging anyone offensively. Uh, you know, we, we watched in the first two weeks against Pittsburgh and Chicago, and we kind of said, well, you know, those are those are teams that are just much, much better than them. The defense versus offense is a huge mismatch. And then they got a team in San Francisco who is shorthanded, who, <laughs> you know, is not what they were, and they, they just – it's a – it's a meek offensive plan that they have. I do like the quarterback. They're they're just they're not trying to score points. I, I don't know how else to put it. So uh, I think Dallas probably cruises in this one ultimately because they're just they're not going to give it away three times in this game in all likelihood. Uh, the Giants might because they don't block and the Cowboys have a couple of guys who can rush the passer and Alden Smith and and uh, and Demarcus Lawrence and maybe they get uh, Daniel Jones to to cough it up a couple of times. I do think the Cowboys would take the opportunity to sort of possess the ball which is something they haven't done all year and sort of give their defense a bit of a break and I just don't think the Giants have uh they have zero run game I mean they they have no option of running the ball on any NFL defense at this point no matter how bad they are and uh you know their their weapons are not uh, you know yeah they're better than the Cowboys defensive backs but it's not the kind of mismatch we've seen early in the year so I think this one uh ends up probably being a Cowboys winning cover but I do like the under I think this one ends up being like a, a, a I'm picking a lot of 24 10 games this week so let's call it 23 10 though let's uh let's mix it up yeah I uh this is a stay away game from me <clears throat> but you hit the hell I, I don't I don't know how you predict either of these teams at this point and Gary you touched on it with the giant offense which is impossible to watch you know so much of the focus was on Saquon Barkley when he got hurt but you know they've been without Sterling Shepard Evan Ingram has taken an enormous step backwards they have no weapons at all um even if Barkley was there I don't know what the offense would be doing because they're inept from the wide receiver position it seems like uh you know Slayton nice player but like he's like their number one receiver so 
I don't know how the Giants can hang with the Cowboys, but the Cowboys can't stop anyone. So I, I don't know how you begin to sort of lay nine and a half here. So to stay away from me. The next game, the Colts go into Cleveland. The Colts are two-point favorites. The total is 46. I'm going to go first on this one just because when I try to predict the lines every Monday morning, um, I had the Colts, I had the Browns minus six in this one. Whoa. <laughs> and now it's Colts minus two. The Colts, I, I understand their defense is good, but their offense is nothing special at all. And for them to go into, you know, I, you know, home field is tricky this year with no fans in the stands, but they're going on the road as favorites. Phillip Rivers doesn't look like he can throw the ball more than 10 yards. And the Browns offense with this running game, I know Chubb is hurt, but, you, you know, you plug in Kareem Hunt. Baker Mayfield is playing very well. I, I was stunned by this line. So I love the Cleveland Browns in this one. Gary? Oh, such a such Indianapolis Colts slander on this show, Jimmy. <laughs> I uh, mean, I just what am, I don't see them, you know, as such a team to be given points on the road here. I I like the Colts, and look, the Colts are going to play that style of football where they're going to win with defense in the run game, and you hope not to put it in Philip Rivers' hands, and you know whatever, maybe you maybe you figure it out if you have to. I will say though, the Browns they're not great on the back end of that defense. Uh, Denzel Ward can play, you know, there's still question marks at safety in the linebacker spot. If you needed Philip Rivers to sort of uh, take advantage and manipulate a defense a little bit, this might be the one. The reason I flag the Browns as a, as a team. To to not bet on this one is the fact that they've gotten 10 takeaways at this point, and uh, uh, a lot of that is facing, uh, you know, a, a, they got a Dwayne Haskins meltdown game. They got, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys decided they were going to uh, single block Miles Garrett with an, with an undrafted rookie last week, and, you know, we saw how that worked out. And, uh, you know, they got the Bengals on a Thursday night. I, I think the Browns do come back to earth because I just don't think they're going to get the takeaways from a Colts offense that is built to keep the ball and possess the ball. Uh, if both those Colts linebackers are out, this one becomes probably a stay away from me just because uh, obviously we know the Browns can run the ball even without Nick Chubb and, uh, I, you know, whatever. You don't you don't want to. You don't want to bet heavy on a on a team that's going to have two replacement linebackers in a game where linebackers are going to be very important. But uh, I do like the Colts in this one. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind that the Colts, they – they lost to the Jaguars. They beat the Jets, which I don't count. Good win at home <laughs> against the Vikings. And if you watch the Colts-Bears game last night, last week, first of all, God bless you, it was excruciating to watch. I mean, I don't take that as like, you know, this... Nick Foles, out without Doug Peterson, I think people are going to see now what the story is here. And, um, I mean, he, last week, was so bad. I guess if you want to go about it and credit... The Bears, uh, the Colts defense, you can. I don't go that way, but that's just me. Mitch? Always dangerous to uh, talk about the team playing Thursday night on this podcast, because who knows, when people listen to this Friday morning, Nick Foles may have thrown for seven <laughs> touchdown passes uh, against the Bucs. You know, we don't know. It's, I'll take it's, my chances on that one. That it's happened. probably more likely he threw for uh, maybe 260 and one touchdown. I don't know, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think the line here is just the universe knowing that the Browns uh, cannot have sustained success and win four games in a row and have all things looking so good this early in the season. But I am. I'm, I'm with Jimmy. I don't feel quite as strongly, but I also I picked the Browns to win this game straight up. 
and I like them. I am ready and willing to begrudgingly admit that the Colts are better than I thought they would be. Um, again, partly because, like I said, they're one of two or three teams in the entire league that can actually play defense, uh, and they have been good on that side of the ball. But um, Gary mentioned the injuries, and uh, yeah, you know, I like the Browns. I think they're going to win. Four and one, Cleveland. How about it? All right. I like it. And, and I think Mitch hit the nail on the head. The only thing you worry about is, you know, the Browns being the Browns, but it's a chance you take in life. All right, next game coming up is the Seahawks at home, giving a touchdown to the Vikings. Total here a big 40, 57 and a half, Mitch. Yeah, this is one. I'm I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna think too much about it. Maybe people look at my picks and think I don't put too much thought into any of them. Um, <laughs> but this one, you know, I like Seattle here. Um, you guys know that I really love them. I picked them before the season started to go to the Super Bowl out of the NFC. And I will admit that, and again, it's obvious if you look at the numbers, their defense has not been as good this season as I had hoped or expected coming into the year. And Jamal Adams is going to be out again, which is a problem. But I just think they are so good, especially on offense right now, that I just think they're going to take these middling teams and beat them by a touchdown. Um, and yes, I'm talking about you, Minnesota, <laughs> but, uh, you know, the Seahawks, they beat the Cowboys by seven. They beat the Dolphins by eight. I just think there's no reason not to think this game won't follow the same script where Seattle is just going to score as much as they need to. And you're going to look up at the end of the game and they're going to be up by a touchdown. Um, you know, the Vikings, I know they did finally get their win. Uh, but I have talked earlier this season that I'm not high on them. I misread them going into the season. Um, I do like Justin Jefferson. He's been really good the last two weeks. Part of the reason I picked the Vikings to win the NFC North was not just underrating the Packers, but uh, thinking that he would step in and not fully replace Stefan Diggs, but be good enough that their offense wouldn't miss too much of a beat. But I just, they haven't been as good as I thought they would be. And I love Seattle's offense. And I think they can win a game like this by a touchdown. Gary? Yeah, I'll stay away. I, I don't think the Vikings can cover these Seahawks receivers. That's that's the real difference this year with the Seahawks. I, I mean, they're they're throwing the ball much more frequently than they did, but they also have two receivers who just uh, uh, are very good and are going to pick on really bad secondaries, and the Vikings are are really bad at cornerback. So uh, I'd stay away. I wouldn't be shocked if the Vikings hung around. I think they are more explosive uh, offensively than people think they are because they just choose not to be under Mike Zimmer, but uh, – lean Seahawks but stay away yes yeah, just stay away from me as well I wanted to, I was thinking Seattle probably good prospect for a teaser um, but interesting to see now if the Vikings pick up the pace here after a win last week Dalvin Cook playing really well so um, makes me nervous against that Seahawks defense last game of the week the Saints giving seven and a half points at home to the Chargers Justin Herbert is the quarterback permanently total here 51 it's amazing everyone says drew Brees can't throw in there every single one of the saints games go over gary yeah i know <laughs> well uh, <laughs> uh you know it, it helps when you're playing against the lions and they make you look uh, pretty good here but uh you know you get a you get a charger team that's kind of predictable with what they do defensively i i think that's the kind of thing that breeze is just gonna end up uh, picking apart in the end. I'd stay away ultimately. I'd, I'd want to know uh, Michael Thomas's status going into it because I do think that is uh, a big difference maker here for the Saints. But uh, I don't know. I just I, I, I love Justin Herbert. He's obviously uh, he's come on a whole lot faster than people expected him to. 
I just I, rookie coming into New Orleans. Uh, I, I'd lean Saints here, but uh, uh, I'd want to know more about the uh, the injuries going in. I think I said this on the podcast last year that I just I refuse to bet Chargers games because they're all so weird, and it's happening mm-hmm. again this year. So I, that's my stance on this, Mitch. Uh, I will say, Gary, you mentioned them coming into New Orleans. It's worth at least pointing out that this is the game they think might have to be moved because of the hurricane uh, coming to New Orleans, and they actually might play this game in Indianapolis. I have no idea if that favors one team or another. I guess you'd think that probably favors the Chargers if you force the Saints to also travel, but either way, it sounds like it's uh, a hectic uh, a hectic week for both teams. And, you know, when you talk about home field advantage, especially in a season where the fans aren't allowed in the building, uh, you know, you'd think a lot of being at home, the advantage is just literally not having to travel and having an easy, uh, you know, an easy time with it. And if they're also spending part of the week in Indy and coming home and whatever, you know, it's tough on both teams. But uh, regardless, I do. I like the Chargers here. Um, you know, I, I just, uh, I, I know that Austin Eckler is out and that is a concern. It's, it's so hard. I mean, you see some games where, like Christian McCaffrey's out and you think, oh my God, the Panthers are done and they've been fine. And that has happened in a few situations around the league this year where you see a running back go down and, you know, we talk all the time about how valuable individual players are and sometimes teams don't miss a beat. Um, but I, you know, I do like them. And, and Gary, you mentioned Michael Thomas. Obviously, that is a huge difference uh, in their offense. And, you know, all the criticism about Drew Brees, a lot of that does uh, dissipate when Michael Thomas is in there and Drew Brees can throw the ball to Michael Thomas. Uh, so it'd be nice to know if he's going to play. But it just feels like the line's a little bit high. Uh, the Saints have definitely disappointed uh, from what I think a lot of people expected from them going into the year. And I, I, I don't want to overhype Justin Herbert, but of course, you know, he's been impressive. And the spread over a touchdown here, I, uh, I do like the Chargers to hang in with him. All right, that, uh, that wraps up the Week 5 schedule. Like we said at the top, minus the uh, Titans and Bills and Patriots and Broncos. So now we will give you our best bets. As Mitch pointed out at the top, we've been hot this year. Good records. So let's see what we got this week. Gary, why don't you kick off our best bets segment? All right. So I'm uh, I'm picking up uh, Mitch's Cardinals fandom. I will go with them. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I, I very rudely didn't write down the lines. Yet, but I, I have a uh, min- min- minus okay. seven for the Cardinals at uh, at the Jets. Correct. Uh, I'm going the Dolphins plus nine in San Francisco. That is correct. Colts minus one and a half at Cleveland, though. That's, I would that line is two. That line it's is two, two now. That's if yeah. it, as long as it stays under a field goal. Although, like I said, if both those linebackers are out for the Colts, I'd probably just back off that one and and not touch it either way. And uh, I will go the under fifty four in Cowboys Giants. Gary Gramley, a a very very risky individual betting in it. Under in the NFL this season. <laughs> Mitch, best bets. All right. I only have four this week. I've had five or six every other week so far this season. But I told you at the top, I didn't like a lot of the games. Uh, my four, I've got those Bengals. Is it plus 13 in Baltimore or is that down to 12 and a half? Cincinnati Bengals are plus 12 and a half. You know what? That's fine. Take the extra half at a point. I, I like Cincinnati plus 12 and a half. Uh, I'll take the Rams minus seven and a half in Washington. Uh, that uh, Seahawks game, the two, I mean, back on the primetime, uh, both Sunday night and Monday night this week. Uh, I'll take Seattle minus seven against Minnesota and the Chargers uh, plus seven and a half at New Orleans or possibly Indianapolis or wherever they play the game. <laughs> yeah. I got six for you. A lot of overs here. 
well, three overs and three sides. Over 45 Rams Washington football team. I think Kyle Allen put some more points on the board than Dwayne Haskins. Over 44.5 Eagles Steelers. If you get a 44.5 this year, you take an over. Over 54.5 Panthers Falcons. No defense will be played in that one. And on the three sides, I'm going to go, I'm going to give you the Texans minus six in the, uh, Let's celebrate Bill O'Brien being fired bowl. <laughs> Texans will come out, I think, and put a do a number on the Jaguars. Chiefs minus 12, standard play. And then the Cleveland Browns plus two against the Colts. little head-to-head there with Gary, which I like. Jimmy, I can't wait to follow along your tweets while I'm watching a uh, 17-13 slop fest between the Eagles and the Steelers on Sunday, and neither of us are enjoying the game. Uh, You'll be okay. I don't tweet during the 1 o'clock games. I'm too busy focusing, so you'll be okay (laughs) in that one. All right. Um, So, yeah, so that's the uh, six from me and four from Mitch, and Gary gave us how many? I gave you four. All right. we, so there's... Jimmy, is it true? We so we covered every game, especially uh, on best bets, except for the uh, Titans, Bills, and the uh, Patriots. Yes. Wow. Good yep. for good for us. Yeah, we got action in on everything. So, and we've been hot. Hopefully, we stay hot for you guys listening. We appreciate you giving the pot a listen. We'll see you next week for week six. And good luck with the wagers. Hannah Storm and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, And I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.